Jesus, oh come on, you can do it for Jesus. Now, I have a few minutes. I hope we can do this quickly before we leave and then the atmosphere changes. Amen. We began dealing with walking in power. And last week I shared with you two dimensions of power, two dimensions of walking in power. We said the first one was, what was the first one? Walking in your assignment that power is allocated in relation to assignments if you see a man thrive in the assignment god has given to him just copying that assignment does not qualify you to the grace that sponsors it and that is why you need to be careful not to just copy what things are doing expecting to receive the results that they have power is given in accordance to the assignment men have hallelujah if a man has an assignment to be an entrepreneur god gives him grace power and authority to function in that area you don't just look at how beautiful the outcomes are for people and desire those outcomes without first understanding what your calling and what your understanding is and um, what your assignment is i made you understand from scripture that the bible says that every one of us here has a calling every one of us in fact scripture says all things work together for good to them who love the lord and who are called according to his purpose when we talk about calling people think that it, we are talking about being on the pulpit no not at all the pulpit is one dimension of being called callings are in different facets different faces and different dimensions people are called to dominate in the marketplace and to reveal jesus in the marketplace people are called to dominate in politics and reveal jesus in politics people are called in in in, in healthcare to reveal jesus in healthcare you know and, and people are called in education to reveal jesus there. so whatever your assignment is that there, there is power that's allocated for you in that assignment and i pray that may god open our eyes to discover what it is that we are meant to do in this season in the name of jesus somebody say amen and i made you understand there is a difference between vocation and assignment or, or callings somebody can be in a vocation which is not necessarily what they are called to do and the bible talks about a man called nehemiah nehemiah's vocation was that he was a cup bearer a man that gave drinks to or wine to the king and so one day he came to discover what his actual purpose was to go and rebuild the walls of jerusalem that was his calling all along and it had been shrouded in another thing you know all that while when peter was a fisher of fish in there is a man that is actually supposed to be a fisher of men it was and not until he had an encounter with jesus that the actual purpose for his life be, began to be revealed in other words you can't know your true purpose outside the realm and existence of god amen so so i'm just recapping what we did last week number two we said that power is in what dimension knowledge dimension that that's why people say knowledge is power what you know empowers you 
You know, the difference between certain class of people and their results and others is that they know something the other people don't know. The Bible says, and there were um, um, five, um, there, there were wise virgins and there were foolish virgins. And uh, the, the, the only thing that, that was a differentiation between those who were wise and those who were foolish was that they knew to carry extra oil. That was the only thing that made them set them apart. They were all virgins. They qualified in that respect. They were all invited. They qualified in that respect. They were all probably beautiful. They qualified in that respect. However, what made the difference was that these ones that were classified as wise had a body of knowledge that these other people did not have and so what you know brings power to you I pray that we will study to show ourselves approved you see because knowledge has a place in your life prayer cannot occupy there are people who want to pray their way into power it is okay it will take you there but how do you pray based on something you don't know but knowledge is what gives you the understanding upon which your prayer is giving life for example, somebody says, I want to, I'm praying that apostle's wife becomes my wife. Is it not prayer? Why did you say A? Because there's a, there's a problem with the knowledge upon which the prayer is based. Are we on the same page? Yes. So prayer in itself, there's nothing wrong with it. But prayer outside the knowledge that amplifies its ability will, will make you just shout and scream and nothing is going to happen. You know, the Bible said the other day, it said, and uh, if you have faith as little as the mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and it will move. And I tell people all the time, you need to read that scripture in context because you can't just get up and say you have faith and be moving mountains. You go to Kilimanjaro, I don't like where you are situated. Move to my hometown. Would it move? It won't move. You see, faith is also in alignment with the will of God. Faith cannot exist outside the will of God. So if you're asking for something and it is outside the will of God, is it really faith? So knowledge is the second dimension. See, there are things when you know you are empowered. You are empowered. Do you know that there are many places today where when, um, what do you call that thing? The, an eclipse or chaos, they have mysterious um, explanations its occurrence in fact the history books say that um the columbus also when he when he went to america and found the native americans and they wanted he wanted food and they didn't want to give him he told them that because he had a body of knowledge in geography and all those things so they knew that an eclipse was coming so he told them if you don't give me food i'll steal your moon and they said we won't give you after he knew the, the eclipse was coming. After a while, the eclipse came and the whole place became dark and the people were afraid. Hey, who is this God who has stolen our moon? How, what, we come and eat anything you want. Come for everything you want. So, okay, now that you have given me, I'll restore your moon. He knew that just give it a few minutes, it will pass. And when it passed, every, from that day, everything he says, he's their God. What is the problem here? It's a knowledge problem. Because if you know, you see, that's the problem with many people in the Christian faith. Our, our, our knowledge is so shaky that people tell us anything they want and we believe it and we run with it. They look at your face and tell you anything they think you deserve and you are running with it. In fact, mostly on the platform of prophecy, people communicate all manner of nonsense to the ears of men. And because scripture has already said in the last days, people will have tingling ears. When they tell you the thing, you won't, you won't, you know, you, know, you won't put it through 
the the knowledge of the word of you pass it to the word of God to ascertain whether this is actually verifiable, whether this is true. We just believe anything because of not lack of knowledge. So the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. It's not because they are not praying hard. Did you see that one? It has nothing to do with how hard they are. No, it is because there is no knowledge. If if you you see DDT, is that the poison? If you see it and it, it smells good to you and you drink it, you will die. How it felt to you will not matter because the body of knowledge says that this thing is poisonous and kills men. Am I making some sense here? So you need to learn whatever industry you want to be in. Apart from the grace of God that lifts men, you need to obtain a, a knowledge in your area. You need to be a master of your field. If you're a pastor, you need to be a, a master of your field. Know your staff. If you are a banker, know your staff. Learn. You don't stop learning because they gave you master's degree. Otherwise, tomorrow, you are te- today you are a teller. Tomorrow, a machine will be doing your job because they won't find any use for you. These days, now they are manufacturing self-driving cars. If your job is a driver, what is happening to you? You are at risk already. Because a machine is doing what you can. In other words, you need to obtain a certain knowledge beyond what the machine can do to make you relevant in your area. Hallelujah. So the second dimension of power is knowledge. Today I'll share with you in 10 minutes the third dimension of knowledge, which is intimacy. Intimacy or intimacy. <clears throat> third dimension of knowledge. You see, the third dimension of power. Power is relational in the sense that you know sometimes who you are close to influences what power you demonstrate or power you have. If the president is your friend, there are places that will accord you respect simply because of who knows you. Am I making sense? If the president is your friend. Just because he's your friend and you have his ear, people will be nice to you because they know you are related or close to power. Amen. They are, when, I, when I go to places to preach with my wife, they don't have a, a, a choice but to accord her the same respect and regard they accord me. Although she's not the one preaching. Why? Because she has a relationship with the one coming to preach. When I go with Freddie and Co, the same regard they will give to me, they will give to them because of who they came with. So, so power is relational in that dimension and it is derived from intimacy. So if even men can, can procure power to you based on how you relate or how close you are to them, your proximity to them, how much more God? How much more your relationship with God? Genesis 15.1, so if we read it. Let's, let's, let's start from there. Genesis 15.1. Genesis 15. The Lord appeared in a a vision. That should be it. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. In a vision, Saying, Okay. Fear not, Abram. Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Mm. Say, I am thy shield. I am thy shield. And thy exceedingly great reward. And thy exceedingly great okay. reward. Now, you see, God created man, so created Adam, placed him in the garden, and gave him so many things. He gave him power. He gave him authority. 
so that whatever name he gave to the animals became their names. Mm. The entirety of heaven agreed with whatever name he gave to the animals. Power and authority, dominion. He said, I've given you dominion over all things. He gave to him. He gave him access to everything, all the things he's planted. He gave him a land, a garden. He gave him work. He, had, he gave him everything. But you see, the most important thing God gave Adam is God himself. It wasn't the trees. It wasn't the power. It wasn't the, no. The most important thing God gave to Adam was God himself. So the Bible will say that God would all the time come in the cool of the day and come and fellowship with Adam. If it was just about, you know, plants and power, God could have just created those things for fun. No, he was looking for somebody he could be intimate with, somebody he could be relational with, somebody he could share fellowship with. Amen. This is Abraham. Um, um, you know, Abraham is a very interesting figure because in the in the judo religious world everybody calls him their father muslims call him their father christians call him their father one man is so and you see it is all derived from the covenant god gave to him god's covenant was so true that all these people are tracing their lineage to one man but in spite of the promise, in spite of the covenant God cast with him, God told him, I am your exceeding great reward. I am your shield. It is not the promise. I'm, no, it is not the money. No, it is not the prosperity. No, all those things may be fine and good. But the most important and most valuable thing, Abraham, I am giving to you is myself. That is a dimension of power when you walk through. They can take your name anywhere. God will appear. Are you with me at all this morning? because of how close you are to God because you are hidden in God today that dwell in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty there is a certain level of abiding that comes that you are under his shadow shadow is also um, symbolic of protection it's a symbolic of shade it's symbolic of, of being preserved and it says we are under the shadow of the almighty if that is your habitation who is it that, that, that can appear there because you walk with power itself the bible has already said all power belongs to him if all power belongs to him and you are with him Imagine the realm of power you are walking in. Tap somebody say intimacy with God. Yes. See, many, in fact, many of us are just, we, we've turned this whole thing into what can I get from him? So even things like Thanksgiving, we have turned Thanksgiving into transactions. We are not really thanking him. We have been taught that if I can't thank him, he will give me the next one. So our focus is on the next need whilst we are thanking him with one side of our mouth. It's not really something that is in, from the inside that says that whether you give me or not, whether you release it or not, I understand who you are and the place you occupy in my life and all the glory must be given to you. God is looking for a generation of people whose love for him is not dependent on what he does. Because you see, anybody can do that. In fact, I have dogs that I raise. That my dogs love me because of what I do for them. So they know, even dogs know, who their master is based on who feeds them. So if that is how you relate with God, you are not any better than... 
He's looking for another dimension, another generation of people whose love for him is not moved. The jobs of this world, who after losing everything, will now say God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Their love for him will not grow cold. They are intimate with him. When you are intimate with him in that dimension, listen, you walk in a realm of power. You, are, you cannot be touched. Some of you, they threaten you in the office and you can't sleep. Somebody has told you, I'll show you. And you can't sleep. You show me. The way I want to show you already. Are, are you with me now? Someone said, I'll kill you. You will kill me. Oh, man. You see, this, this is the problem. I told you a story when I began. That somebody took somebody somewhere. And now the person is dying. You, you can't go to the places those, those people go to. You two are, you are not serving God well. So where should we put you? You, you see the problem. The places those people go and walk, the, the things they go and sacrifice, the things they go and do, the places they appear, you can't go there. You too, you won't serve God well. So where should we put you now? The reason for many people God has become distant is because we are not seriously pursuing him and walking with him. The psalmist will say, as the deer pants after the water, so I will pant after you. Just as the deer. So, so the highest and greatest thing God ever gave man is God himself. It, it is not money, it is God. It is not your life, it is God. Are you with me? Now, Jesus says something in the book of Luke. Let's also read that one. In the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 17. In fact, start from 16. The book of Mark 12, 16. And they brought it, and he saith unto them, Who is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. And Jesus answering said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God. And they marveled at him. Amen. They marveled at him. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that they came to Jesus to test him and to trap him. They said, Should we pay tax or should we not pay tax? And then he took their coin from them. So I bring their coin. He asked them, Whose image is on the coin? They said, This is Caesar's image. Then he now tells them, if it is true that this is Caesar's image, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Jesus was teaching something there. I just taught you the highest thing God can give to a man is God himself. The highest thing man can give to God is man himself. What do I mean? He took the coin. He says, who's imaging? If I ask you now, whose image is on the Ghana? Six people. Who should we go and give it to now? The six people represent the government. So we will just give it to them. But the Bible has told us something in Genesis. It said God created man in whose image? In his image and after his likeness. Which means God is saying essentially what Jesus is saying is that that the images that are on things determine who they belong to. If you look at my son or my daughter or my children, they have something in them that looks like me. Inside there, there's a DNA. When they pull it and they, they compare it with my DNA, they'll be able to identify for sure that this one. 
So they are in my image, so they are mine. Are you with me now? So Jesus said, if this coin has Caesar's image, then give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Then he now says, and give unto God what belongs to God. We have already been told that we were made in the image of God. And if we were made in the image of God, it is our place to give to God what belongs to God. Giving our life to God. It is not the money you give to him. It is your life to him. It is not your words. It is your very life, your very existence to him. I pray for us that may God give us grace and the ability that no matter the seasons we walk through in life, we will be sure and careful to give to God our very life. To give to God all that is ours. Somebody shout yes. The third and most powerful dimension of power is intimacy. Intimacy with God. When you walk with God like that, listen, you become a threat to the kingdom of hell. I've told you, the devil doesn't waste resources. If the enemy or hell is attacking, they're attacking because they expect results. They have weighed you and realized that you are vulnerable. And so they release the whole onslaught and might of hell. When you are empowered by God, they will come, but they will, they will just be wasting their resource till they give up. Something must give. Am I talking to somebody now? Tap somebody say, be intimate with God. Yeah, be intimate with God. You, you need to. I'm not talking about pretense. I'm not talking about showmanship. I'm not talking about that place where, you know, we, I say, I say it all the time. And when I say people love, I say, look, this is one, this is a place or this in the Christian fold, people learn how to be Christians without actually being Christians. Do you know? Do you know you can learn to be a Christian? Know a few Christian songs. When the song is lifted, lift up your hands. If you can take it a notch higher, higher, just shed a little tear. If you can move to an, just kneel down, just kneel down, just kneel down. You see the way in the eyes of men, this guy is very spiritual. But that is not how God measures intimacy. He measures intimacy by the condition of your heart. And what you see, because your heart speaks louder than your mouth would ever speak. It's one of the reasons why people ask for things with their mouths that they are not receiving because their hearts are saying something entirely different from what their mouths are saying. Are you with me now? So, so this is Samuel, prophet Samuel, raised in church. At a very young age, he was donated to God. And he has worked with God all his life. Now God says, go and anoint for me a king. He is there and he is going to anoint different people. God said, not this one. He said, okay, then it must be this one. God said, not this one. Prophets kept making mistake after mistake after mistake. And God said, you see, your problem is that you are focused on the outside. But for me, I, am, I, I look on to what is on the inside. That is how God measures intimacy. Not by what you are, you are showcasing on the outside. Because your heart is speaking in dimensions that your mouth can, cannot even boast of. So the Bible says, say, guard your heart. For it is out of it that the issues of life flow. Are you with me? I pray that between now and the end of the year, may we desire to be intimate with God. Yeah, Desire to be intimate with God. Intimate with the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible will tell you in, in Genesis that um, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void and darkness was on the face of the, of, of the earth and the Holy Spirit was moving on the face of the deep. In other words, even in the midst of darkness, the Spirit of God was dominating. And so if you are intimate with the Holy Spirit, you are empowered automatically to dominate hell. Dominate darkness. So then the Bible will say that light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. You are wasting your time being afraid of hell when you should be focused on being intimate with, with Christ. The highest dimension of power is intimacy with God. Some of you, you are too, mas- you are, you are too masculine to be intimate. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't do those things. you be. You don't do what things. You don't want people to know that you are a Christian. You know, you have you have too much pride. Like you you went to you went to Wesley Girls. You went to Presec. So what? What's the brother say Bonsam? The brother if you don't understand chief forgive me these ones i can't translate what are you talking about hallelujah intimacy with god that you desire him earnestly earnestly above all above all august way that will desire god september will desire god october november december we will desire him like never before See, when that is your story, wherever you function, when you step foot in a place, it's like God himself has visited the place. The he that is in you is greater than he that, than he that is in the world. So he's in you. If he is in you, is he in me now? Is he in me now? Or did I leave him there? Is he in me now? What, what that means is that if he's in you, wherever you go, he is still in you. So if you move, he's not in you because you are in church. The other day, we went to have Eden experience in a garden. God still showed up. And I proved to you that it is not because of a building that we call a church. It says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. It is in the gathering and in whose name the gathering is that determines what makes a church. So if, it, if that is true, and you, ah, it says he that is in you, and he is in you, it's not because you are in church that is in you. When you step foot in the office, he is in you. When you are even in the market buying things, he is in you. When, 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 when you are with friends, he is in you. When you are eating, he is in you. That is the level of clarity I want you to have about your identity in God. That is what will fuel the power of God in your life. We are, we, are, we are bad from being afraid from today. You didn't hear me. I said we are bad from being afraid from today. Yeah. We, we will not be afraid because we recognize we are not alone. He is in us. Not for intimacy. When that becomes your life, there are things you won't pray over again. They cease. You, you don't pray certain things again. I end with this. One of the sure ways to measure your level of intimacy with God is what constitutes 
the majority of your prayer. If most of your prayer is centered around give me, do for me, it shows where you are. If most of your prayer is centered around do this for me, give, give me this, open that door, do that, everything is to do. It shows where you are operating in your work with God. If your, most of your prayer is centered around use me for this, use me for your glory, around him doing something in you, around turning things, using you as a vessel, as, as an arrow in his quiver, it shows where you are operating. And so if all your prayer is God, do this and do that and do this and do that, and do, you, you have to be careful. It shows how shallow your understanding of your work is. I am not saying don't ask. You can ask. But your whole prayer life cannot be give me. Even if you switch it from give me to give him, you are growing. Are you with me? Yeah. If you even grow a little from give me to give him. Because another dimension of growth in your work is having the awareness to intercede for people. For your family. Things are happening in your family. It's all about God. Give me a car. What would the car do to the lives of your family members who are dying? As good as it is, after you have prayed that prayer, increase to another level and, 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 and stand in the gap for the family. Some of the family members may never know that it was your prayer that brought the breakthrough. But that doesn't matter. Because it is not a platform for you to be celebrated. It's a platform for the glory of God to be revealed. Hallelujah. Now, I mean, I've been doing this for so many years. There are people we have ministered to, prophesied to, laid hands on, spoken the mind of God. They have had breakthroughs that they don't care about us. But they matter. the thing that matters to me is that at the end of the day, let Jesus be revealed. So Paul will say that I am determined not to know anything except Jesus and him crucified. There, there are things that you want to know. There are people who want to be celebrated. Everything is about them. But there's a dimension as you grow in. It is not just about people knowing you. That doesn't really matter. As long as they get to know Christ in the process. Lift up your right hand. You want to begin to pray. Father, help me in my work with you. Help me in my work with you. Help me in my work with you. Le grand to vazanda hata. Le vezuni mahana si legedo shalabahata. Help me in my walk with you. That I may know you. That I may know you. Le basoni mahata. That I may know you. Oh, that I may know you. Rantoni vazala rabashanda. That I may know you. Hey, that I may know you. Let your voice. Mati vali valu shate vali te prahadalabasha We give you praise. We give you glory. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. And thank you for your desire for us to know you and know you more. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you would help us in our work with you, strengthening our resolve to be connected to you. Let no wind move us. Let no rain move us. Cause us to grow in our love for you. Cause us to have clarity of who you are and what you represent in our lives. And Lord, we declare that we walk in this power that flows from you. And that as a consequence of it, 
no weapon formed against us shall prosper and there is nothing the enemy shall attempt or do against us that will be given life or expression in this world we declare by your mercy our lives have just shifted for good we declare by your mercy that we have been recharged for the rest of the year that we are walking in dominion we are walking in power we are walking in authority we are walking in the multiplicity of testimonies that glorify your name we give you praise we give you glory in the mighty matchless name of the lord jesus we call it done amen please put your hands together for the lord Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.